Hello again, my friends, and you are my friends, and welcome to your Monday Night Talking Town Extra Time. I am your host, The Gov, here to uh, well break down a little bit more of the 1-0 away defeat at Wickham, hopefully be joined by those that couldn't get on to yesterday's show. If they're if they're around, they're, they're available, the link will be being uh, put forward very soon. I've got two new contributors, two new voices, two new opinions, and of course, we'll shift gears a little bit and look at Oxford Boxing Day, because this is the last show before Christmas, this is the, hence the Christmas jumper, you know. Uh, but this is the last one before, uh, well, before we play Oxford on Boxing Day. We'll, of course, be there at the game on Boxing Day uh, at the Sir Ralph Ramsey statue. So if you're one of many, and I do mean many town fans that are attending Boxing Day, do stop by and say hello. Uh, please, it, it, it would be incredibly nice to see you all um, and, and share a, a festive smile. But uh, how are we feeling now? How are we all on this Monday? How are our Monday thoughts following the Saturday performance this week? A disappointing one. Um, we know Sundays can be up here when we win and down there when we lose. And Mondays will be bring it all back down to a, a modicum of sensibility, I'll say. And then we'll see where we go from from there. Nick Muller's in the room. Welcome in. Wazza says uh, a good afternoon. Rob Holmes, evening all. I see Dara's already played down reports today. Link us to JCH. No smoke without fire. Uh, Howdy all says Woody. How confident are we for a home game boxing day? It's already got a nil-nil all over it, to be fair, Woody. Uh, Oxford doing everything except don't, well, no, Oxford just draw. Let's be honest. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. Lots of you filing in. Link uh, request already being made. Love to see that. Let's get cracking then with our first contributor. The peaky one. Mark Tuckman. Well, I mean, I try and be positive. I try and look at it from that kind of outlook a lot of the time. You try and be positive. Be positive on Saturday because you were in the terraces freezing cold. Be positive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's putting yeah, it lightly. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, freeze me bollocks off. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, just disappointing, really, wasn't it? Um, you know, I think I was really excited to obviously go to my first away game this season, so mm. I was really excited to go. And you know, I think Wickham's always been a bit of a tough, tough one for us. A little bit of a bogey side, mm-hmm. uh, but we've been there before, thumped them pretty much anyway. The last time we went and. Um, yeah, I think uh, it was disappointing all round, really, because the I think the energy wasn't there. The energy we just looked a bit lacklustre. Um, you know, we we can't find our cutting edge at the moment. Um, I said to you, got your boys in the green room that you know you it's probably about three or four games that I can sort of pick off in the last seven or eight games, really, where you know a team has come to Portman Road or we've been there and they've had one chance on goal and scored. So I don't understand why we can't be quite as cutting edge and, you know, having that one shot and scoring and taking our chances when we need to, because we have a lot of chances in a game with a lot of possession, but just can't find that cutting edge. So mm. for me, there has to be something happening in, in January. And, you know, is that going to be a strike? Everyone wants a 20 goal season striker, but there has to be something coming through that door to get us over the edge, uh, get us over the line in um, in January for hopefully what will be a successful end to you know, the campaign, really. Did the lack of energy surprise you? Yeah, I think it did. I mean, you know, there's lots of football been played recently and, you know, I suppose early kickoffs don't help as well. And, you know, I, I think the team bus was actually quite late to the ground, if I'm honest, when we, when we was watching it come through. Um, 
on Saturday. So I don't know if that was something to do with it, the preparation wasn't there or whatever. But, you know, watching them train on the pitch, uh, firstly, I don't know if anyone else saw it, but it just didn't seem to be quite as up for it. I don't know why, whether it's just because it was absolutely Baltic, I don't know, but like it really was cold. I don't know whether that had something to do with it, but we just there's no energy there for me. It wasn't. It didn't look like a Kieran McKenna side, um, and more importantly, it just it, it's more about the, the the closing down. So when you're when you're closing down people, that that didn't seem to be there like in previous games. McKenna's mm. team always set up to close down players, uh, the opposition, um, and yeah, it just just off it. And I know like you know every team's allowed an off day and stuff like that, but if I'm honest, I think in the last sort of five or six games. Have we really played that well? Um, and it does worry me a little bit um, coming into what is quite an important time in the season. Okay, perfect. Right, pause there before we bring in our contributor. I've got a couple of Monday uh, items I want to bring to the party. I want to get your opinion on, please. Uh, Tuck, you're a man that sees a lot of football. It's a couple of penalty shouts that I want to put to you. Penalty or no penalty? Um, this one comes courtesy of Grassroot Goals on Twitter. Uh, here is the clip. I'm going to press play and I want you to tell me whether you, whether you think this is a penalty or no penalty in your well-travelled journalistic opinion. Is that a penalty or is that a no penalty to you, Mr. Tuxford? That's a penalty, personally. He's got no? the ball there, hasn't he? The keeper's got the ball there. So, for me, he goes for the ball, doesn't he? He's not really yeah. going for the man. So, yeah, it wouldn't be no a penalty, penalty for you. Yeah. So if it's not a penalty for you, is it a free kick on on the goalkeeper? Is it is it is it that bad? Because you could have a foul there, sure, if it's in one direction, right, or a direction. Um, yes, I suppose. Um, I mean, the, the keeper's uh, entitled to come and get that ball, but also the player, the, the striker, is entitled to come and get that as well, or go for the header. Um, so I think for me, it wouldn't be a penalty, but yeah, it would probably be a, well, yeah, free kicks to the goalkeeper, wouldn't it? I suppose. All right. Second one comes from the same place. Uh, bear with me while I just load it up. I, I, again, I want your opinion on it. Is it a penalty or is it no penalty, right? This is this one. Here we go. Um, I'm not... I don't have to see this one myself properly yet. Is that a penalty or is that not well a penalty? Done. Is that a penalty or is it no Penalty. What is your opinion? What is the live chat's opinion? That one's a little bit more. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think on first reflection, I would have probably said that was outside the box. But looking back on it, maybe it is inside. Certainly a foul. It is a foul. Is it a foul? Or is it just too strong for him? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think he sort of pushes him down a little bit. But, you know, he's obviously gone down quite easy as well. So, I don't know, to be honest. It's a bit of a difficult one, that one. So with what what we have learned, I guess, is that we wouldn't make qualified referees. Designer, George Knapp. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, one was a penalty all day long. The second one was a penalty. Did you think so? It's like a ref- wrestling move, isn't it? It's well, yeah. Sidewalk slam. Bam. First one, I wouldn't have given anything for that unless the keeper looked like he was injured and then I would have given a dead ball. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, first one, no penalty. The fair 50 50 is too many of them given just because both players ended up on the floor. Anywhere else on the pitch, he'd have played on then. Was the Harry Kane one in England, France a penalty for you then, George? As you're clearly on the money here, was that a penalty? (laughs) Uh, It's so long ago, I can't even bloody remember. Um, 
I can't, I can't, remember, every I can't day. remember how outraged I was, to be honest with you. Uh, my interest in the World Cup dwindled shortly after that. Um, Jay, what I, to? I'm, I'm pretty sure I thought at the time it was a penalty, yeah. Fair enough. Right. Tuck said five out of the last six haven't been great. How have you seen Town Saturday and, and, and over previous weeks? I know, because I know before we started, you were saying it could have been that any number of times, really. Yeah, I mean, I, so I was, I was at Portland Road for the last two as well. And I, I, any one of those games feels like it could have ended up 1-0 to them, 0-0, one all, 1-0 to us. And, it, and it, all of our games feel like they're kind of yeah. going in that direction at the moment. And there's an element of, of I think, physicality in terms of like energy as, as Tuck says there's a there's a element of mental tiredness I think um, um we, we may come back to that and um yeah I just and obviously there's the pinnacle finishing that we've we've really been lacking consistently for well for decades but this this season it's kind of the missing missing link really isn't it mm, yeah tiredness no lack of energy you just you just mentioned tiredness there are we a tired side? Me, me, they, we look mentally tired to me. Because I, 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 we, we look we look more sort of shaky in that last 15, 20 minutes than I've seen us for a long time. That's uh, that's how it kind of reminds me of, of the old days when, I say old days, wasn't that long ago, I guess, but the, the days where we, we one nil never felt like or looked like it was going to be enough um, because we just suddenly looked terrified of... of um, of holding right, on to it, and I, I don't think we're quite there yet. It doesn't feel like I'm not sitting. In, I wasn't sitting in the stands, thinking, "Oh God, here we go." But we're not a million miles away. A great question from Darren here for you two gentlemen. Uh, how many players do you think are playing um, out of form? Um, good question. Um, Sorry, I think. I mean, you if you look through the team at the moment, and you think that like the spine of the team has been the most consistent over mm. McKenna's year in charge, really, right? Um, and, you know, Walton's always been pretty consistent, but I would probably say he's looked a little bit sort of edgy in recent games. Um, not that I would drop him, definitely no, but he has looked, you know, somewhat different. Um, and then you've kind of... I mean, this is, this is the thing with McKenna. There's a lot of chopping and changing, um, you know, rightfully when it when it goes right. Uh, wrongfully when it goes wrong but you know how much does that have an effect on the players um, because I'd look at someone like the Dapo right and you know it's only a couple of weeks ago where he was scoring a lot of goals but all of a sudden he finds himself out of the team whether that's tactically or you know whatever it might be behind the scenes he's a, he's a typical player he's literally the scapegoat of this team right now where you know if we're not having the chance to score it falls on him because he's the striker um, but for me, it does go come down to that consistency, um, and I think we might have a little bit of an effect from that. And Dapo is a main one for that. So I don't know. I mean, if you look at yeah, I think ac- across that spine, I would probably say Ladapo's sort of out of form at the moment. Chaplin's out of form at the moment. Um, Morsi, I think, is has a solid game, but then there's a certain, I can't remember what recent game it was, but it was certainly important where it didn't have his best game at all. And, you, you know, you never have your best game every week, but it it is sort of showing that like there's, there's certain players like a Chaplin, who's literally meant to be basically the number 10 of this side at the moment. Mm. He's, he's not 
he's not been on song all the time. I know he scored two against um, Peterborough the other last week, but honestly, Saturday was awful. Didn't look like the sort of player that we know. So, mm. yeah, I was surprised. Uh, you obviously, you mentioned Chapel have been been out of form. Uh, as Bill just said he's got you got two against Posh, which is a fair comment. Mm. He did. Yeah. Uh, is, is it then, George, more of a case of there's too much pressure on on a select few shoulders? Because you know, I said yesterday when Chaplin doesn't score, we don't score. I think there's a change. There's been a change in terms of the 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 chopping and changing that McKenna does, which is that it's enforced over the last sort of two three months. It's become yeah. much more enforced. And I've never thought about this before, but as as Mark was talking about. I wonder whether the lack of competition for places has a has an impact if if you don't manage it in terms of right up until recently, pretty much everyone on the pitch had a, a degree of you have a shit game, someone's breathing down your neck and they will play next week. Whereas now there's less of that right across the park because sure. everyone's injured. So the Dapper can have a shit game. I'm not saying I'm just sorry. I just picked his picked his name out of thin air. But but there's not that much. Well, what do we do if he does? Like we need someone to play up there. Who's gonna like? So whether that changes motivationally, that changes the, the mindset of players. I, I I don't know. But I wouldn't put it. I, I wouldn't say it was out of the question. Um, and and I do wonder whether it's just having having a bit of an impact in in the. There's just there's a lack of sort of there's a lack of need to play well. It's buried back there somewhere in their brains um, because their position is safe in a lot of instances. Uh, Kiel mentions an out of form player, Burns. There, George. Mm. This is not the West Burns we've been we, we were used to seeing last year, is it? Well, that's it. I think, and it's similar. Which I'd put him in a similar bracket to Chapman, actually. Which which is that that I think we've seen uh, particularly last year for Burns. We we saw flashes of. Of greatness, obviously, he had an absolutely phenomenal season last year, and this, and as with Chappers, we, we've talked about it before. I think it just hasn't, and you can't expect him to maintain that for, for mm. two seasons consistently, of course. And I don't think Burns has been bad, and, and I don't really think I didn't see didn't see the full game on on Saturday, so I can't comment too much on Chappers. But I, I don't think he's been bad. He's looked he's looked lacking in confidence, as we talked about before. Again, but but I think Burns just isn't turning it on for whatever reason. His his partnership with Danassian doesn't quite look as strong as it was last season. And whether that's a, a change in formation or tactics, whatever it is, that's that's just not allowing it to kind of flow as well as, as it did. Or because we're also going down the left an awful lot, maybe it's just not you know we're not we're not noticing it. Or you know it's it's harder to see uh, when it does come off. I'm not sure what it is, but. Yeah, he's he's certainly not in the form that we saw him in last season. I think I think the thing with Wes Burns is he's a marked man now, though, isn't he? Like everyone knows what he did last year. He he's still got the you know the ability to reproduce that form. Obviously, not as as good because that really was a purple patch season for him. But you know he's a marked man now, so obviously people know or teams know what he's going to do. Um, but that sh- that shouldn't be an excuse. He should be still playing to a good standard and I think <clears throat> excuse me Wickham was uh, a game where I don't actually think he was given the opportunity so to speak I think there was sort of there were certain players like Leif Davis where you know he didn't have his best game because I think there was there was players in front of him um, and Jackson was playing on that side 
And I think when you have those kind of two wingers above your fullbacks, it just doesn't actually make any sense because your your wing backs aren't getting forward then. They're essentially kind of part of a five man yeah. defence. So that 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 team that McKenna put out on Saturday was was a weird one for me. Um and then, you know, you've got to look at someone like Keo coming into the side. And yeah, I mean, you know, Keo loves the club and you know, great sir, you know, a great ambassador for kind of sort of football for Derby and things like that. But, you know, I don't think he was the answer to start. And I know Edmondson's had his injury problems and stuff like that, but to pull him off at half time I thought was quite telling. Um and when Edmondson came on, I actually thought he's probably one of our better players on the day because he actually steamrolled forward. He kind of put that he, he had that kind of wolfened in in him in that game. Um and we've seen it happen before where he's where he's got forward and he scored. So yeah, I think I just feel like that we're we don't quite know what we're doing at the moment in terms of the team selection and then some of that has been injuries. Um, I think I sort of feel a bit sorry for Cameron Humphreys at the moment because, again, he didn't really have his best game on Saturday, but he's played a lot of football. You've got to remember he's a young lad. Um, and I think these these players are coming in and trying to sort of fill a hole at the moment. And, you know, we have to, as I said right at the top of the show, we have to really seriously look at our squad in January with or without injuries. We have to look at this squad to try and have others come in and just get us, get us over the line, really. Uh, Trigger Lee, most of, most of the team, 6 out of 10 and 5 out of 10, whereas we were getting 7 or 8 dropping standard right across, although Morsi normally 7 and 8 every week. Daniel, uh, Wes Burns has been underwhelming. I don't I know we don't rely on him as much as last season, but he's been very quiet recently. Uh, Mike Diaz, touch clambering for the return of El Miz. Christ. Dear God, that's, no. That's, that, that's a no, then. Yeah, that's a no. Um, Darren Sutton, managers are fully aware of stand-up players, hence keep Burns out of the game. We can only play on up front. We don't change the tactic. Dino Tux still didn't take any player on when he could have until this 82nd minute, which is a fair point. You know, yeah. he has been yeah. a sort of different player this year. George, Darren's comment there about the change of tactics. Many people on yesterday's show, no plan B, but not just yesterday, but of course, for several weeks now. You know, there's no plan B or even a plan... You know, it's just plan A, but do it better. We've heard that before. Um, what are your thoughts on 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 that? Uh, I, I don't I don't think um, McKenna necessarily works by sort of plan A, plan B. That's why it's always frustrating trying to pick, do these starting 11s for you because I don't know what formation to put them in because it changes everything. No, no one does. But I think I think that it's, I don't think the the plan A, plan B thing is just a, a McCarthyism, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's the rope we hung him by, and I'm. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think for whatever reason, we're not getting it right at the moment. I think I, I, I'm going to hold my tongue slightly until after January because I think we have just been just pestered. Not, I'm not going to say ravaged because they're, they're not too long-term, most of them, but we've been pestered by injuries over the last couple of months. And I don't think we're dealing with that. Maybe not necessarily as well as, as we could, um, but... But possibly, given the, the the squad depth, I think that the squad is being shown up a little bit, particularly up front. Um, and I, and I know we went through most of the summer saying we were we were looking really deep in central defence, but we're probably with the form of of those that aren't playing constantly, we're probably one short. Um, I think we'll be busy in January. I'd be very surprised if we're not. Pretty busy in January for, for a January. I don't know what our busiest January has been recently. How many? Do we what are you expecting? I haven't given it that much thought actually, but I think 
I reckon what, at least numbers? three. Three. Which I think for a, which I think for a, for yeah. a January for for a League yeah. One team is is pretty busy, and, and I, I'm not sure that they'll be just necessarily well. Hopefully, not panic signings or or easy. The trouble is that it, it doesn't it doesn't actually need to be like loads of changes to this this team. It just needs to have like a bit of finesse to it. Um, and you know, January is a bit of a odd time to buy players or loan players anyway. You're not going to get your number one target, I don't think. So unless they become available because they're out of form and they're not playing for their side, like maybe a George Hurst or something. So, you know, it's 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 one of those where it's a difficult time to actually get players that you want. But I think if we're looking at kind of players coming in for potential sort of positions, I'd be saying that certainly I think we need to have like, you know, a striker. I mean, you're looking at also he was a squad player essentially, but Tyrese John Jules I think's been a big miss for us because he had a lot of pace. He gave something for us when he came on um, and, you know, scored a couple of goals. So we need that kind of player to, to help us along the way as well. And yeah, like George said, I think we haven't been helped by injuries and like someone like John Jules has gone back, probably won't see him again. Um, you know, we've yeah. had like players like Evans who, you know, for me, certainly the most improved player this year. Um, and he's been sort of ravaged by injury. So, you know, once we get these players back, hopefully they'll be a bit better, but they need game time. That's the thing. And do we, can we afford to give them game time and give them minutes if we're not actually producing it on the pitch? Because ultimately, it's, it's the results that matter. You mentioned panic signs there, George. Were there any in the summer, do you feel? <laughs> do you? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Certainly <laughs> I, I, do. Yes. I'm going to gently sidestep that. But I thought you might. I'll say it. I'll say it. If you don't mind, I'm saying yes, I'll say it again today. No, I think it, it, a panic it, is, it is related, which is that I think the, the finesse thing is the, the biggest frustration from summer for me, I think, was that we didn't sign that in the in the summer. That's mm. a problem that we already had and we still have. Um, and I don't think anybody really thought we'd solved that from the, from the signings that we, we made over the summer. The, the issue is that we now have additional needs, which is to, to cover out of form and, and out of action yeah. players. But yeah, the, the finesse and the problem is that everybody's going to see us coming from a million miles away because it's no secret the fact that we didn't we didn't make that signing. And, and I, I, I suspect that, that those that, that need to have been are going to have been very busy over the last few months trying to sort something out. But, you know, I, I think I said a couple of times to people over the last few weeks when, I, when I've been at the games, that that we're just for me. I just want us to get through December with as with as many points as we can get, um, based on the, the performances that I've seen and the injuries that we have, and then hopefully we'll be busy early-ish as early as we can be in January, and and things will start to turn. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's bring Jez in because uh, we've got Jez and Colin. Jez first. Uh, Jez, welcome in. Uh, thanks for waiting from yesterday. Not that you've been no, waiting no, there no, since no. yesterday, but thanks for waiting from yesterday. Uh, no, first no. of all, love the jumper. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good man. Thank you saw the World Cup last night. Um, oh, yeah, what a game that was. Was it a good one? Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it very much. Good man. As I, I say, we need sense, to get though. Cristiano Ronaldo in our side. <laughs> well, he's a free agent, as as you, as you told me. I mean, you know, maybe a slight stumbling block, you know. That's the know. wages, yeah. Well, more you know, more playing Shrewsbury and Accurate and Stanley. I'm not quite sure he fancies it, to be honest with you. Um, can he do it? Can he do it at the Wham Stadium? That's the question everyone wants to know. That's what, what about, will truly what, make you what, the goat. What about Messi? Well, he's just won the World Cup. To be fair, I mean, he's, 
you can do what he likes, really, you know. Yeah. But uh, we haven't got Messi, but we have got Carl Edwards. And Khalid uh, asks, Edwards should be starting, or, or says rather, Edwards should be starting more games, especially away from home. What, what, what are your thoughts on that, Jez? I haven't seen much of... I don't, I don't rate Edwards that much. Okay, tell me why. What, what, what's Edwards not done enough of it, for you? Just putting the ball in the back of the net, for yeah. starters. Fair enough. Um, I, I, if, it, if he could, would start bagging them in like he did when he had to run, run from the Orwell Bridge to get to the game... Uh, Cambridge, the, the Cambridge home game where you got the got the brace. Yeah. Mm. Then, yes, I, I'd have him, but uh, since then I haven't seen much of him. Should, should he be starting more games, Tux? Um, I think he's better as a sort of an impact player. To be honest, I mean, there's there's games okay. where he has started and he has been pretty decent, but I just feel like he's probably he just injects that game the, the game with with pace. So. <sighs> I think if you're a defender, if you're that right back or left back, depending on what side he's playing, then you're going to be a bit fearful of him coming on because he's just going to test you for pace, basically. But I think the thing I've always said about Edwards is that he does sort of lack a little bit of end product. Um, but I, I must admit, it has got better this season. It's much better in terms of getting the ball in the box uh, from those kind of wider positions. But I think he doesn't really do it enough for me. That would be the would be the telling thing for me. Mm, we could absolutely. do with Gold, McGoldrick back. He scored a hat-trick Saturday. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, Paul P, Sellers market in January going to be forcing the pang over the odds to get our targets. Uh, Woody, we're not alone struggling from high division. It's working for John Jules. A poacher who can't get, ref, uh, can't get first team games could be a shout. Yeah, not bad. Simon Harris, you know, the Colby type, Bishop type striker, holds the ball up under pressure and a player that runs and dribbles. Edwards way short at this level in the January transfer window. Uh, Trevor, we need a weight trace. Try to go over our weight trace left back. We absolutely do, Trevor. Love that. Love that a lot. Jez, your thoughts on Saturday, man, before we bring Colin in. Um, how did you see it unfold? What are your thoughts on the Monday evening? Um, well, Saturday, I was, I, I, I left a, a fraction early because I was so disappointed in what I, what, what, what went on. With the referees not giving us uh, at least one, if not two, stonewall penalties. Were they tucks? I must have, I must have blinked and missed those. There, there was there was a couple of penalty shouts, mainly support uh, for handball. Um, but again, the referee was fucking dreadful. But I mean, we say this every week, so that's not going to ever change. We, but we I, need the, we need VAR in this league. Well, the thing is, I don't think the VAR is going to help these referees, unfortunately, because they make the decisions. And, you know, these these, li- these League One referees, I'm sorry, they're absolutely dreadful. Um, we uh, see uh, it game in, game out all the yeah. time. Um, yeah, it's just <coughs> for, for Wickham, excuse me. So Wickham, it's time wasting again, right? So <laughs> they stick 10 men behind the ball, time waste. They go one nil up and time waste for the rest of the game. But if, if I can see that, and I'm not, I'm not an officiate I'm not a referee you know but I can see that and so many other fans can see it why does why can't that be clamped out so they're doing it in the World Cup but they can't do it in the Premier League level or Championship League 1 League 2 whatever it might be why can't that be clamped out uh, that's what I don't understand I've got, 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 got a friend who lives near me who, who used to be a, 
a referee for Sunday morning, you know, or yep. or local leagues. And um, he said, where, where, where were you sit, sitting? I said, well, behind the goal. It was, and you, you can see see that it's offside from there, can you? I said, well, if other people are shouting it, then yes, I can. Well, sometimes fans can certainly see a lot more than the officials can. You, you do question what they're actually looking at. Uh, Jersey, are you going Boxing Day? Yes, yes. Good man. How are you getting there? Because there's no trains or buses, is there? I'm stopping around my pet mum's. Oh, nice. Cool. Oh, so you're, you're, in Ipswich, you're in Ipswich, were you? Yes, yes. Good stuff. We'll see you at Boxing Day then, Jez. Yes. Happy Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas to you, you my friend. And um, Happy New Year, too. Well, I'll see you before then, Jez. Oh, yes, yes. Be sure of that. But uh, a Merry Christmas yeah. to you. Thanks for stopping by. George, time wasting. Mm. I can hear Rich in my ear at the moment saying, we've got to do more to take this, take it out of the referee's hands in terms of we can't keep saying the referee is, is to blame. No, of course the referee is to blame. He's oh. policing the game. Like, it won't get fixed until referees start punishing the way that they should, which is dishing out yellow cards. Never mind adding 45 years of injury time because teams just keep wasting time during injury time and wasted time during injury time does not get added on minute for minute. It just doesn't. And, and teams know that. So you can waste 10 minutes of time. If you get 10 minutes added on at the end, you can waste five of that and it will be five minutes of injury time. That's just how it works. They have to start dishing out proper punishments for it. And whoever it is, whether that's us or other teams, and it won't stop until players start getting sent off for it for in terms of for getting yellow cards. And, and the problem is at the moment is that referees are too scared to do it because they don't want to be the ref that keeps sending players off for yellow cardable offences, which is ridiculous. It's the same. Yes. It's always been the same, but it's it's showing up more at this level. And oh, I don't know whether that's because a load of referees have been taken, moved up a grade because obviously they need more referees at, at VAR level now because one sits in a room and watches TV for the whole game. So it's just diluted the quality of referees all the way down. And, and Tux is right. I don't think a VAR would help at this level, even if they were going to do it, because all of the good referees from League One will move up to, to Championship to be their VAR, fourth, fifth official, whatever they are. And we'll just get the dregs from mm. bloody hell. League the Two in the National League. It'll just be... It's, it's just not going to work until A, referees are trained better and held accountable for, for how bad they are more. And that the, or they start dishing out yellow cards and sending players off for yellow cardable offences. Like, it is in the rules now. You waste time, you get booked. Book them. Yeah. Doesn't matter if they've just scored. Doesn't matter if they've just bent your ear off about something. Doesn't matter if you've done it two minutes ago because they were doing it then too. That's the rules. Send them off. They'll soon stop. That's but, the but no one, no, not there's not a referee in the land that wants to be that referee that wakes up on the Sunday morning with their face all over the papers. The man that sent three players off due to time wasting is this the football we want? Because it impacts the result or it hurts in a cup final. Or I, I hear you both, I agree with you both. The ref hasn't hurt that result, the player has hurt the result, and that's the problem. Is that's that not how the matter. Thing, as long as you can hold yourself up and say, Look, here's what I am held accountable for it says in these rules that if you waste time, I will book you. I booked him. He was wasting time. If you want to argue whether he was wasting time or not, let's watch it back. And I'm pretty confident. It's the same with any decision. 
it's they're, they're held accountable for penalties. They're held accountable for. I agree. This, that, and the other. It's, it's, it's all it's, in the rule book. I mean, you look at like when you look at the goalkeeper. So they're they're prominent for for wasting time because they they hold the ball for too long, right? So the six goalkeeper seconds. is meant to hold the, the 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 ball for six seconds. That's that's how long he's allowed to hold it for. So if that's over by at least yeah. ten seconds, why is there not a card there then? Exactly, exactly. And and don't get me wrong, Walton does it too. Like we yeah. we waste yeah. time too. And I'm 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 advocating it happening across the board. Mm. But but it, someone will need to wake up in the morning and see their names all over the paper. But with any luck, it'll be a decent paper, and the paper mm. will say, "Good on them." But they won't. But, they yeah. won't. but the thing is, it shouldn't be up to a referee. It should be from you know whoever's. In charge of looking after these referees, basically, it should be from that point. It should yeah. be saying, right, there's a lot of time wasting, especially in the low leagues. It happens in the Premier League anyway. But they, they've already they know it because they've done what they've done in the World Cup, where they've added minutes on. So yeah. they know it's happening. But they just don't want to address it. Yeah, they just don't want to address it. Solve the problem yeah. because you're not punishing the right thing. No, but it, whenever I see a referee, and we're, and we're going to see it on on Boxing Day because. Time waste city are coming to town and they're already you know time wasting before we've left their yeah. own living rooms on most of them, I'm sure of it. Um yeah, obviously it's a joke, but they they die off synonymous for it every time I've seen it at Portland Road, certainly. But whenever I see a referee book a player for it, I always think that's just like me telling my two year old, if you don't stop doing that, you're not having any dinner. Absolutely pointless because I've got to feed him, right? It's so he's coming dinner. Whether he carries yeah. it or not. So I'm going to put because I've booked you. That's why it's not the same. You can't hold food over someone It depends what when that card is coming in that game, though. Like, if you've got a referee that's really hot on it from in the first half, potentially, if they're, if they're time-wasting the first half, then, then then great. But if you're going to book someone in the 89th minute, that's their first booking that they receive for time-wasting, they've done it literally three or four times before that, and the referee's yeah. had a word with them, then what the fuck does a yellow card do in the 89th minute? Nothing. No. You've won the game then. Who, who, even who, the gains, who, gains, who gains from 10 minutes of injury time in a game? Yeah. The team that's time-wasted or the team that's being time-wasted on? Neither of them, because both of them have got just as much of an opportunity to change the path mm. of that game in that 10 minutes. That mm. It's not a punishment. The only way is to punish the team that is committing the time-wasting. And and, and yeah, send, send, if, if they time waste twice in the first half, send them off. That's the, it. Doesn't matter. And this already happens. I've just booked him, so I can't book him again. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, mm. who cares if it spoils a fucking game for the fans? Mm. Like, it's there. It's not the ref's fault. It's not the fans' fault. It's not anyone else on the pitch's fault apart from the douchebag that's time wasting. It's, it's it's the same as if you make a uh, a foul in the middle of the park, right? In the first half, that's not a yellow card offence. But in the second half, it is. So yeah. that I don't understand. So there's so many rules. Fouls in the box and fouls outside yeah. of the box and fouls yeah. on the goalkeeper and fouls on anyone else on the pitch. What absolute nonsense. That's why that, that other Sunday, that Sunday league game, or whatever it was, apologies if it was higher level than that. The, no, it was Sunday. The, 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 anywhere else on the pitch, the ref would have gone, get up. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're spot on. There's no rule that says if, if the keeper falls over them, the game that stops. Like, it has to be either a penalty or a free kick. Mm. It's nonsense. Uh, Sad. if we take our chance and none of the other stuff matters, time wasting and crappy refs, we need to be more clinical in the final third. Irv, who's our referee, says, can't keep blaming the ref. We need to win games. We're dominating by putting the ball in... We're, we're dominating by putting the ball in the onion bag. Max Fax, if players go down, it requires treatment minimum five minutes off the pitch. Solve the problem. 
either need to be subbed or they play with 10 men. I mean, that you know, that's that's a fairly... I'm not against the sin bin being introduced in football. I'd rather that than extra injury time. Uh, a, as soon as the player intentionally knocks the ball away, it should be yellow carded. It would soon stop, whereas Craig says, we'll never see a keyword sent off for time-wasting guys. Uh, Trevor, if a player goes down holding his head, how do you prove he's faking? It, of course, absolutely. Flipped on there. Slowing the game down by players' actions is, is just part of the game. I, I, it's quite a synergy. We're talking about time-wasting ahead of Oxford, though. This is like a peek into the future, my friends. Uh, Colin, thank you for waiting. I think you're holding on. How are you, sir? All right, mate. How, how are you, Tucks? Uh, you all right, George? Good, mate. Good, good. Good, good. How are you, Gov? All right, mate? Yeah, I'm good. How's that book coming along? We nearly finished it? Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, getting, the, it's getting the old final little touches there, mate. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, we're nearly there, mate. We're nearly there. Good so, man. Yeah, so brilliant. Wickham on Saturday, and, uh, you were you were like Tucks. You braved the elements. You braved the gold, and you were left yeah. disappointed. What, what what are your thoughts? We sit here on the Monday night then about Wickham. Break it down for us. You know the, the way the goat can. Well, to be honest with you, Gov, I mean, I thought at times, and I think Tucks would probably agree with this. I, I thought at times, especially like uh, when Chapman should have scored, obviously, but. Yeah. Just prior to that, I'll tell you what, we, we played some good stuff at times. I'll tell you what, if Chappers had to put that in, mm. arguably, arguably, apart from maybe John Jules at Shrewsbury, I'd say that'd probably be going down as one of our goals of the season if it had finished it. So, all in all, I think we played some decent stuff at times. We're just looking a little bit, a little bit powder puff, you know, in, in front of goal, obviously. Um, but I do agree with what Mike G put up on the chat a little while ago. I think we're desperately needing, um, you know, somebody, obviously we're needing a striker. There's no doubt about that. But I agree with Mike D, you know, about the the number 10 situation. We're, we're needing somebody you can, you can see that pass, you know, um, you know, and get people in kind of thing. Um, I do agree with Tux. I thought we, we looked a little bit um, leggy, if you like, on, on Saturday. Um, and also, I did agree with the fact, I mean, look, freezing cold temperatures really shouldn't make any difference whatsoever. Um, they're fit. They're really, really fit athletes these days. They, well, at least they should do. They warm up, you know, better than they've ever done in history, these players today. So there's no real um, excuses there. Um, I just think, you know, like Plymouth are to a certain extent, I think we're just going through one of those um, patches. And, you know, I, I keep trying to say, you know, we're, we're still second. We're only two points behind Plymouth. And a um, lot like everybody has said, really, and everybody and their brother has said, you know, if it had been given this position, uh, I, I try and be positive all of the time. If we'd have been given this position at um, the last week in July, we'd have absolutely snapped everybody's arms off. Now, should we be in a slightly better position? Yes, absolutely so. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Um, <clears throat> I think really, I, I speak to Rich quite a bit as Cub knows, and I, I think realistically, I think if you look at it. As a whole, when you take into account the Sheffield Wednesday game and Shelton game, the Barnsley game, that, and those kind of games, um, and maybe even Plymouth away, to be fair, 
I think we could and should have been at this particular time. We probably should have been at least at least six points clear, and that's not an exaggeration, because we certainly should have won at Sheffield Wednesday. We should have won at Cheltenham. We could have got at least a point at Plymouth, and we should have beat Barnsley. And Gov was spot on Sunday yesterday when he said somebody talked about the Barnsley game. He said, you know, if the goal had been allowed, it had been 3-1, I think it was about five, ten minutes to go, and that game would have been absolutely done and dusted. So six points in front, something like that, with Beans with two points behind, would probably be about right. Um, but, you know, like I say, on the back of that, <clears throat> on the back of that, yeah, we're, we're lacking a little bit. I mean, Leaf had arguably, arg- arguably, because I love Leaf Davis, Leaf had, you know... For me, I'm sorry to say it, probably a 5 out of 10 game on Saturday. Wes had, you know, arguably, you know, one of his more disappointing games, let's put it that way. But these boys will all bounce back. Wes will bounce back. Leaf will certainly bounce back. Chappers will bounce back. And if we get into January in the position we're in right now, or maybe just a bit better, because I think it might be a bit better after Boxing Day, if I'm honest. Um, you know, if we can get into that January period, um, no worse or a little bit better than we are now, you know, like I said in the chat earlier on, come January, we'll I think I think I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. I'm not I'm not I'm not changing from the first place. I think we're more than capable, and especially with our back and our own, our marvellous owners, our marvellous CEO, our marvellous manager, and a very good squad. I, you know, we'll we'll be okay. We've just got we're in we're in stormy waters at the moment, Gov. We've just we've just got to ride it, haven't we? We got to ride it. <laughs> we are sailing. What a tune, Colin. That I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I take George. If you'd been offered second place in in August, but if I also told you you'd lose to Lincoln, drop points to Cheltenham, Fleetwood, um, and get beat one 0 away at Wickham, would you have been happy with second place, or would you have said, "Look, second's great. That's what I expect to be come December the thirty, <clears throat> December the twenty, December the nineteenth, even." No, I'd probably have taken it. I think it sets us up if it, without with no context at all. I think I would be th- and and if you said second and only a couple of points adrift of, of top, I think I'd have taken it and and just said, well, it sets us up for the rest of the season, right? I think that the issue is the thing that we all have, which is hindsight for all of these points that we've we've dropped mm. as far as we're concerned. Um, so it is. I think it's it's disappointing given all of that. But yeah, absolutely, Colin's right in both both of his points, which is which is that. I think in an ideal world, if all of those results had gone our way, we'd be at least six points clear. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, and, and but uh, with hindsight, it's um, yeah. A wonderful thing. Absolutely. Colin, are you confident for Boxing Day before I let you go? Oxford. Um, the answer to that is I, I totally agree with what you said earlier on. Oxford are the kind of side that we all know what they're going to do from second one, not minute oh, yes. one. Um, but I think it's time that they had their little bums 
uh, smacked. And uh, <laughs> and if we if we all turn up and get behind the boys, I know Rich says big crowds don't win games, but they help. And um, not if they don't, by the look of it. Well, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, Gov. Yeah. But um, no, to answer your question, you know, decent sized crowd, uh, the boys buzzing, um, you know, and um, let's just hope for, let's just hope for three points, and and and, and if Plymouth draw, we'll be back on on top of the tree. But uh, just a just a like, final word, Gav. I just I'd like to say to Gar, uh, uh, George and Tux, if you can, uh, you know, pass the word round about, about the book because I'm. Like I said before, I'm I'm not taking a hope out of this. This is all for, it's all going to be for the Heart Foundation and all going to be for cancer research, fifty percent each. And the more I, the more I sell, the more people we help. And uh, I can't I can't underline that more every time. I know I know I'm saying like a bit of a parrot, but I just want to help. As many people, even if I help one or two people, that's fine. But if I hit, help a hundred people, that's brilliant. And um, you know, I just want to do my bit because they helped me big time three years ago. And I just want to, I just want to do as best as I can. Everybody is. So if everybody can help and support me and and pass the message on, it'll be out hopefully January, February. And um, and I, I just, I just. One just a little bit of help from everybody, and and, and we, we can help other people. Spot on, Colin. We love you and we appreciate you. You look after love yourself, you all right? Enjoy the rest of your evening. Um, whenever someone says the Heart Foundation, <laughs> I just think of Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Jim the Anvil, Neidhart. Okay, my mind just goes straight to the to the to the pink and black of the uh, the Heart Foundation of Well Wrestling Federation. Um, Leif Davis, he is the man with our most assists. Didn't play well Saturday. Did he put the conversation about Greg Lee coming into bed Saturday, Tux? Because when Leave Davis don't create chances, we don't score. And when we don't score, we don't win. So if you take Leave Davis out, you're not creating anything. Do you see the paradox here? I mean, it's very rare where Davis doesn't, you know, he's not, he has a good game normally for me. So I, we uh, should do one and a half million quid, Tux. Yeah, fair. but I mean, <laughs> on average, he always has a good yeah, yeah. game. He always ha- he, near enough has a, an exit game pretty much every week. So, I think it's unfair to really sort of judge him or you know question his place in the team based on Saturday's performance. Many do not, not on Saturday, touch, but I mean every week I sit here and I must see it yeah. at least four, five, six, seven, probably more comments about you know Greg Lee coming in this weekend. Got to play Greg Lee this weekend, and but he's got six assists as, as Davis. Yeah. You know he yeah. leads it by a by, by a way. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I think for me. Basing it on Wickham, um, I think there was there was a player in front of him the whole game, so it didn't allow him to go forward. So he was, he, his path was cut, basically. So I didn't understand that kind of McKenna kind of tactic, if you like. But um, I do, yeah, I think he'll play on, on Saturday and I think he'll hopefully get a, an assist and uh, and play well. But I think, yeah, I think Wickham was just that he had that man in front of him which didn't allow him to go forward because we know how dangerous he is going forward. Mm. But he's also very good defensively. So if you're blocking that path, you're playing a winger in front of him again. It just doesn't allow your wing back to go forward, so you're blocking his path. Uh, Elliot George, what what we need is a big athletic forward who can play in the number nine role whilst also doing the number ten role. How many of those type of players are in and around League One? That's fair. 
yeah. <laughs> or just the number 10 who can play in the number 10 role and a, and a big athletic dynamic striker who can play the number nine role. I, yeah, I, I, it's going to be super interesting to see who you bring in in January. But Charlie Austin, we need to find someone, someone to come in and, and try and sort that finessing out up front, right? Uh, Mike's been uh, asking this in the, in the chat for a couple of times, so apologies I didn't get to it sooner. Um, ask the lads, who would you let go in the January window? Who would you let go? I know who he wants you to say he, you'd let go, so don't don't say that name under any circumstances. <laughs> I don't, don't know who he wants us to say. So. Starts with a K, <clears throat> ends in an N. Okay. I don't think I've never gone anywhere, Mike. Right, you hear me? Never. Isn't it dependent on who you bring in, though? I don't know. I'm asking you. You're not asking me. I'm asking you. Go on. I'm the host, mate. I just direct, <laughs> the, questions. I just direct the questions to you two. We're not in the old we need to sell to buy. No, but Hadme's right. out on loan. He's gone out on loan. Hadme's uh, already departed out on loan in, in my world. Right. Because he needs game time. And he's not, for me, good enough. Um, well, I don't think we've seen enough of him to know whether he's good enough or not, have we? Um, but no, yeah, but I, I the, the lack of minutes also speaks volumes to me. Yeah, whether he can't stay fit, whether he's not up to the stand, whatever it might be, whichever you know, it put your own opinion into it. it, it just like Saturday, for example, you're chasing a goal. Would you would you have given him nine minutes or long? Like if if you, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. He's I'm not, not the sort of player that looks like he's going to make a massive impact in nine minutes. Mm. To be fair, unless your name's Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, I think you're going to struggle to make an impact at any point. You know what I mean? I, like... the, the issue is that it's such a tricky window, right? Is for in and out because we, we don't know where we're going to be in the summer. So it's tricky for us to bring in the quality of players that we want, will want, would want, as and when we get into the championship. We don't want to release too many people that we might want. That's how we don't end up in League One again. But it, it's just a difficult window. Like, how, how do you encourage people to come in on you know on that promise that 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 we are going to do everything in our power to go up? Because that's how we got most of our squad last summer, and that that didn't turn out particularly well for some of those guys. And, and I'm sure that they're loving every second of being at Ipswich for in League One for another year. But but. Like that's that's not the promise that they were kind of sold. And don't get me wrong, it's, it falls firmly on their shoulders that we're we're not in the championship. But I, I think it's a really tough window. I wouldn't necessarily be looking to offload anyone permanently at this point because I don't think we need to. It's not a necessity. We've got so many injuries at the moment that the squad looks thin, even though on paper it's it's relatively big or big enough. I just I don't think that it's not crossed my mind that we would be getting rid of anyone in in January. Not to say that we won't, but I, I don't think there's any need to. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if we don't. Uh, Ashton brought in uh, a player from France, from Bristol City, a big, powerful nine. Maybe we look abroad finally. Um, possibility tugs. Well, I mean. It's got to be the right player, though, isn't it? It's got to be the right player that's going to fit in with this team. Would an Ecuadorian right... hit the ground running in January, Tux? That's the question I'm asking you here. Would a Peruvian, would a Colombian, would, because, you know, Brexit what? means you're what, in this weather. Player. In this weather. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At the wear, I mean, his gloves. I mean, come on. I think just, it's going to be a solid Charlie Austin. Though, isn't it? Just go for Charlie yeah. Austin. Hmm. 
but no, in all seriousness, because Brexit has made uh, European targets that little bit more trickier. So, I mean, we saw that lot up the road going for a, you know, a South American player. So I, I joke about, you know, different countries and, and whatnot, but that may be the area, may not be the area, maybe a Greek. I am learning Greek. It would be a great, I could be the translator. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Um, but but are, are any European players, any continental players, any South American players, are they able to hit the ground running in January where, when it's a pivotal moment? Um, I, I think it depends how much experience they've had of English leagues before. Because they might have played here before, done all right, come on loan. A bit like Selena. Just come on loan, True. You know, gone back or whatever. So, you know, if you've got that type of player, yeah, but... I think it's always a bit of a risk, especially if you want them to come straight into the first team, as you say, hit the ground running. So I think no. Uh, I think that's more of a kind of a summer target for me, if I'm honest. But um, yeah, I don't, there's no reason why we can't look at that market. I don't think we've ever really tapped into that, especially under Evans. So it'd be a, a good market to tap into. But I think, you know, as, as we keep saying, you know, January's a difficult time to buy. I'd be looking, to, to be honest, like, at kind of the League Two players, you know, the best the best players in those leagues that are on form that want to, you know, come up to this potential league and, and go further. Or you look at kind of the championship, that's the bottom it. end of it. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'll be looking at. I thought you were going to say the name there. I thought you were just gearing up for that sucker punch. I well, didn't see it coming. I think it's uh, too good for us now, Ryan, you know. Um, so... Oh, no, no. I, th- I thought I'd walked into the sucker punch of all sucker punches there. I hadn't seen it come in all night. And then I just thought you were going to deliver that jab. But you no, didn't. I, I, I've just, I've, you know, I've come to the conclusion. It's too good for us. Mike the Fisherman, can you please let Jackson go in the January window? I feel like Mike's been saying that for the last four windows, three windows. I, maybe. I, I didn't know that Mike didn't like Jackson. I wish he'd have said. Keeps it quiet. Keeps yeah. it really quiet. He wants to play two up front this, Mike. And then when he's asked on the show. One of our two strikers. Who do you want to play up front with Ladapo? He just Oh shit. Um <laughs> Burgess. Uh, Rob Holmes. Twine has had a long term injury at Burnley and now coming back to fitness. No chance uh him coming in January. So Oxford full house at the weekend, or near enough a full house at the weekend. A few tickets still remaining. Uh, I'll ask you both the same question. You can ask it in one word or, or more if you if you want, but is it a must win, George? No, we don't have must wins at this point in the season, but we bloody well ought to win. Okay, Tux? Yeah, I agree with George. I don't think it's a, it's a must win game as such. Yeah, I think we've, we're entering a very busy period of fixtures coming up now. So um, we need to get these points on the board because, you know, Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth will certainly be going for it. Um, so we just need to hit some form now. Um, and hopefully these players coming in uh, that are planned, hopefully, um, we'll, we'll help that. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Right. So you both, yeah, it's a bit of a period. Christmas is a, is, is, a, is, a, is a period where a lot of things change very quickly and teams go on a run, they fall off. Let's hope we're not one of the teams that, that falls off. So I asked you both to put together your 1 to 11s for, for Boxing Day. Uh, I'll let you go first, George. Here is your 1 to 11. Uh, you mentioned earlier how difficult it can be when I ask you to do this. Uh, but here's your 11. What have you gone for and why? Talk me through it. You've got Humphreys with Morsi there. No, Evans? Yeah. No, and I think, so there's two There's two question marks in there. One is one is Humphreys with Evans, purely because, as Tuck said earlier, I think he's played a lot of football, so he's probably due. Um, that's not not any kind of slight on Evans. We've talked about, I've made amends with, with Evans the last, or a long time ago when he was still playing. Um, he's certainly been on form this season, and, and 
not keeping him out for any reason other than I like Humphreys. Um, as I said, I didn't see much of him on Saturday, but he's looked really bright. Um, and yeah, um, yeah, he looks he looks great. So unless he's knackered, um, I wouldn't necessarily take him out of that midfield at the moment. Um, and the other one is Evanson. If if Luke is is fit again, then I think he may um, may come in come back in, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, to be honest with you, it's almost a team that kind of just, apart from the front, or the, the sort of two in the number 10 role, um, uh, they're, they're the only ones that I think could, you could kind of let, name a few players that might play, but um, it's pretty standard at the moment, isn't it? We're so injury here at the minute. Mm. When you look at that eleven. And if you did the old football manager, that's my 11, where would I want to improve it? For me, it would be that player behind the striker. Um, I've, I've gone on record, I've, you know, it's an impact position. I don't think Aluka offers the impact stats that suggest he makes that type of impact. You can argue to the Cowboys home whether he does or he doesn't. Uh, and also Humphreys, really, out of the 11, outside the striker, that's the only two sort of areas you'd be looking to, I would be looking to strengthen, because I think that's, that's our weakest uh, areas. Yeah, I think so. I think strength and depth at centre back is even another thing, but that's not necessarily a problem week to week mm-hmm. in a starting eleven. I think, yeah, uh, yeah, we, we've been saying it since, well, forever it feels like, but certainly since the summer, which is that we we just don't quite look as good as we we could, as clinical as we should be up front mm-hmm. in that in that front three. Absolutely. All right. Uh, swap you around. Let's go to Tux's 11. Um, it's a little bit similar, if not completely similar, except really one name. You are bringing the Welsh Perlow back into the team, Tux. Talk us through it. Yeah, so um, I think Evans, I'd probably bring back him because you're looking at Humphreys, who's played quite a lot of football recently because Evans has been out injured. Um, so, yeah, I'd be bringing him back, certainly. Um I think he just offers us that kind of that ability to you know find a pass a little bit. He obviously gives that foil to to Morsi to allow him to go forward. Um, so I would be bringing him back. <clears throat> I mean, I don't think he'll play the whole game. I think it'll be one of these things where he probably play the hour uh, and then Humphreys mm-hmm. will come on. So I'd start him based on that. Um, and then the rest of it, I think Edmonton. I think was the only change from uh, George's team. Correct. I think he had KDY in. So. <clears throat> I, I thought KVY as well, uh, just because I think Donessian, whether he's you know he's injured, but I just think he's a little bit off form at the moment. So I would sort of just give him a rest. So KVY would bring back in. Thought he did okay uh, Wickham on on Saturday, but I feel like George Edmondson. I've not seen these three together just yet, so I'd like to see them three together. I think quite be quite a solid three centre half really, and that, that would really allow Burns and and Davis to push forward as well. Then, um, so yeah, so that'd be that'd be my team really, and I, I know. There's a lot of fans out there that sort of question Aluko's um, contribution, if you like. But I think he he played well on uh, in Peterborough. But yeah, I think it's it is the it's the numbers, and a lot of a lot of people will look at that. And I think he could do better there. But I think he does offer us something different, which McKenna's already alluded to as well. But yeah, that's my thing. I am surprised we've not seen those back that that back three together. To be fair, like I, I, when I sat here in the summer, I said the back three or four that won't, that starts the season won't be the one that ends it. This was the back three I kind of was edging towards in my mind in terms of that's how I see it ending up. You know, Davis and Burns as your fullbacks or wingbacks, 
those three solid one v one great tacklers, good in the air, good good. Maybe not Burgess as such, but but certainly Wolfenden and Edmondson, good with the ball at their feet. Play the one one either play those two either side of Burgess, and you've got a really nice back three there. So I'm really yeah. surprised we've not seen it yet. But this is the week, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. Hopefully, I mean, I, I, I mean, I must admit, I'd probably see KBY starting over an Edmondson in in that position, just because mm. I think McKenna wants someone who can, you know, go forward as a bit more athletic, if you like, a bit more pacey potentially. But yeah, I think those three as a as a you know kind of partnership, if you like, would be would be quite good. I'd like to see it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we play a, a hybrid of a three and a four, don't we? Which is why, yeah. as you were just saying about KVY, why I think McKenna likes the KVY yeah. or the Nation. It's, it's that ability to, to maybe start with the four blue counters on the bottom of the whiteboard, but in the middle of the game, at 27 minutes when you need to, you switch to a three and then you, in the 74 minute, you go back to a four. It's that ability to do so many different things mm. without having to make wholesale changes or player and they'll miss it right wing back if we did at yeah. some points at the back end of last year it's that ability isn't it which is where a KBY yeah. does I guess well I think it's those front three are going to be important as well because as I said earlier that you know the likes of Davis or Burns that are having their path blocked in terms of having that kind of overlapping run being the fullbacks which is essentially our wingers really but you know if you're, if you're sticking them as a winger and then someone in front of Davis, he's not going to he's not going to have as much in terms of going forward. It's just not going to happen because his bluff is, his path has always been blocked. So, I think the the front three is key there as well. And Aluko and Chaplin aren't players that want to stick out wide. They always want to come in. So I think that sort of suits this team as well. Uh, Gov, make sure you get the cable moving on. I will I will do CJ. Uh, he's working over Christmas and Boxing Day. Don't worry, CJ. We've got you covered here on Talking Town. Join us for obviously the match day ticket on Boxing Day. Uh, you can be at the game without being at the game, so you can watch us freezing cold while you're earning money and warm. So win-win. Um, we don't play through the back, says Mike. Uh, Max Fax with Harness returned to fitness and burns his from the sideline on the slide. Could uh, MH plan the right wing more natural position? Maybe. There we go. Right. Uh, we have got a ticket giveaway. Crunch's ticket to giveaway. Uh, so let's just quickly do that now. 17 names, I believe, were entered. Uh, I don't know who is associated with the numbers. I've just put 17 numbers in, uh, shuffled them, and now I've clicked it. Uh, and Cruncher will get in touch with the person whose tickets they are. So it is number 17. So, no, 15. Oh, right at the end there, look. A little movement. Right, number 15 it is. You are uh, today's ticket giveaway prize recipient. Congratulations. Um, Cruncher will get in touch with you. Number 15, you can become a part of the bumper crowd at Pullman Road on Boxing Day. Um, but we're done for Christmas. I'm uh, signing off. This is like leaving work before Christmas, you know, about 101 unread emails. It's like, I'm out of here. It's beer time. But uh, last question, I guess, is score predictions for Boxing Day, George. Uh, 3 1 time. 3 1 time. Mr. Tuxford. Uh, one all. <laughs> I mean, I, I've got nil nil in my mind, so you're doing. It's, at least I've seen a goal, I suppose. For, yeah, for, for getting down there. Uh, but don't forget, I think there's some sort of strike going on Boxing Day. So if you are travelling by public transport normally, do check it. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to seeing you all at Portman Road. Enjoy your Christmas. Have a fantastic 
and a, a wonderfully merry Christmas. Enjoy time with your friends and your family. Um, but until the 26th, 